Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Jedi Sorter. I'm your host, Jay Larson, and joining me, as always, is my dear friend and co-host, Patrick Whiting. Hello, Patrick. How did Jay? How are you doing? I'm super. Excellent. Can't complain. Love, love it. So, I had a friend reach out to me and ask if we were so uh, despondent from the last episode that we did that we were... Uh, <laughs> giving up on the podcast and i said that uh no it was my, my apologies to listeners i went on a 10-year anniversary trip with brian and uh we did not record that week because of me but it was not at all related to the mini extravaganza true and it wasn't it wasn't a complete sort of terrible set of news for for the mini extravaganza some dis- disappointment for myself but <laughs> Not not so bad that we would stop. <laughs> it's true, yes. Did you uh, did you get to visit the Star Wars themed park in uh in Disneyland? I did, yes. Oh, there you go. Um I uh so they have two rides there. One is kind of as though you're you are piloting the Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. for a mission for Hondo. Hondo, like like Anaka. Hondo Anaka. Yes. Boo. <laughs> Why is that boo? I just I don't Are like Hondo. Fan? I'm not oh, yeah. a, I'm not a Hondo like a Hondo fan. Uh, okay, well, um, yeah, I mean it. Um, it sounds it sounds like uh, is it does it have like chairs that move around and vibrate? Um. So you, there's six chairs in there. There's two pilots, two gunners, and two engineers. Oh, okay. And there's it's kind of like in a flight simulator thing where mm-hmm. you you see um, you know s- stuff moving in front of the screen and the pilots maneuver through it and the the flight simulator um, makes it feel as though you are actually moving. Um, so very cool. Yeah, it uh, um, is is a well done ride. It's fun. They they actually at the start of it, before you get on the ride, there's an animatronic of Hondo that is um, very impressive. Hmm. So that's fun. The other ride that they have is called uh, Rise of the Resistance, and it is I would say the most um, the most impressive ride that Disney's ever done. Hmm. Um, it is there's there's quite a few it's it's almost like you're doing a storytelling experience rather than a ride mm-hmm. um and there's multiple parts during the ride that you're kind of you kind of like pause or like question how they accomplished it and there's there's definitely multiple um big wow moments during the the ride so um definitely recommend if anyone can and besides that just the Walking through this area that is, you know, the outer an, an outer rim world that it it feels like you are in Star Wars is definitely um, an impressive experience. So that is cool. Yeah. Save for save for the Hondo Anaka part. <laughs> save for that. <laughs> I don't know what bothers me so much about that character, but it just it just does. Well, that's fair. Do they, uh, uh, has I, it always I, been Hondo or have they changed that out? Yeah, it's always been Hondo. 
Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I've been I've been trying to uh, watch. Um, I'm on like season three, episodes ten of Star Wars Rebels, hmm. and I'm I'm trying to um, trying to do what I can to get through this series so that because I'm telling myself I need to finish it before I get into Ahsoka. Yeah. It is helpful, I will say. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. It's just like I don't like Chopper. I don't like <laughs> like the 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 start of the part of the storyline that it's in right now, it uh Ezra is just like actively unlikable. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like he's doing his teenage years or something. Um, yeah. So yeah. anyway. I think uh I think some a lot of that is was deliberate. Cause yeah, they do, they do feel teenagery. Yes. Yeah. They they uh, the characters don't look like they have like full control of their the the front part of their brain and and <laughs> yeah, based on their age, they probably don't. So yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Impulsive, goofy. Yeah. Just uh, resist any kind of authority. No matter what kind of authority. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Patrick, let's talk about rules. It's my understanding that you spent most of the day uh, oh. <laughs> researching a rule. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to yeah. talk about that rule, or is there another rule you'd like to talk about? Um, well, well as a, since I was trying to research rules and looking at all of the newest rule questions that I've seen pop up, I mean, I think it's it, it does make sense to go with this one um, since the, it's been asked a bunch. Um, like it's it's popped up a lot, especially in the like the last week. Um, and um, so let's see here. If there, let me pull up my notes here. The the questions that have come up. And I will preface that you know there's always a chance that I've missed something or 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 maybe I'm not reading it clearly, but um, I feel reasonably confident that uh, I I'm not missing anything at the moment, not now. Um, so a lot of questions on measuring, um, how to pre-measure, what is sort of acceptable and what's not acceptable, um, and I think it's it's understandable that there's a lot of ways to um, kind of interpret or just how the how the rules sort of land um, for, for each person it might be a little bit different um, and um, the way that they write the rules for this game and for for Marvel not always the most intuitive but they they do their best and I think they're generally pretty good at it um, but the the way that um, it works in Marvel, we'll start there because um, the the rules are fairly fairly similar. There's just a few small differences and nuances. But when it comes to pre-measuring, the only stipulations and and um, with Marvel and also with Shatterpoint, the only stipulations stipulations are you have one range tool and one movement tool that you can put on the table. And that's it. Those are what you, you can use to pre-measure with. You can pre-measure um, just about anything. And some of the confusion I've seen um, through 
just all the various questions and through the various discords um, is that uh, you have to within the rules for both Marvel and Stratterpoint, it it seems like when you're measuring, you measure a movement tool from a base and you measure a range tool uh, from something else or to something else. And, and those are, those are the limitations, which uh, is not necessarily accurate. So those sentences um, per a rule from, or a, how should I say this? Uh, clarification that that'll work. Uh, from Pagani um, a, a couple years back uh, when it came up in the Marvel. Um, ultimately, with this question, whether or not um, or how you pre-measure, simply, and I'm, I'll paraphrase, uh, you, you're only beholden to those two things. Um, now, there are some nuances uh, that I think are also a bit challenging, um, but you... You don't have to measure a pre-measure from a base. You don't have to attach the range tool to something. Uh, it's laid out in the rules that way so that you understand what they're for. You don't misuse them for something else. And for people who may not be accustomed to using these tools uh, and maybe have used tape measure or something else in a different game system, it's it's specified in such a way so it's it's not confusing that you would substitute different tools or, or you just don't know what this tool is for it's just it's purely to lay that out now the things you can't do to pre-measure um you cannot put something on the table to mark something out you can't put your finger down uh to help you visualize something that's not a measurement tool you're, you're essentially using your finger or something else as a, as a means of measurement you can't do that um you can't uh, try to get the right angle ahead of time, so you can't use your your advanced tool in that 90-degree angle and affix it to a model to make sure that you can get the optimized angle. You can't do that. Um, so there are things that you cannot do, um, but the, uh, the free use of your range tool and your movement tool, you could put them at any part of the table if you want to get any sort of information that you want, as long as you're just following those those that very simple uh guideline if that makes sense does that make sense to you jay does yeah yeah i think so okay yeah it it hasn't been as specifically ruled on in just the way in just the similar way as it was in mcp for for shatterpoint but i think that it will be very similar since the questions that come up folks are ref are shown this this particular thread for marvel from a couple of years back and the important points I think for that thread in addition to the context within it are the clarifications that Pagani offers at the very bottom of it. So um, yeah, if you have questions about that, you certainly, you know, pop a, a, um, a question to the discord or, or if you have other information or, or whatever, because um, there's always a chance that I am missing something, but I, again, I don't think I've, I don't think I am. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that you didn't um, do a post yourself. There were so many. <laughs> uh, there were so many. Um, and it just sort of, uh, I, did, I, I just didn't want to do that to Nagoldar or 
Thoris because they've they've <laughs> sort of answered that question or responded to that question many many times just within the last week alone. So yeah, but it, it, you said it, it seemed like they hadn't really answered specifically what you're looking for. Well, I think that they're waiting. They're to answer it specifically. They're still waiting on oh. probably Pagani or or something like that. And that was one of the things that they said is is that you know this hasn't been specifically answered in just a way just for this game, but this is the closest thing since the rules are practically identical. It's very likely that this is how um, it's it's to be approached for this game. Now, um, for for folks that want to be technically right, um, you I don't know how you can because it's sort of in a limbo, but um, I I, th- I think it it seems pretty pretty straightforward. Um, if you just look at the, uh, the Marvel thread, it, it, it'll make a lot of sense. Um, yeah. not, not to, not to say that the other interpretations don't also make sense. They still c- carry, um, a reasonable logic to them. It's just that I don't think is the intent. And that's why the clarification from Bagani is helpful. It's to help, help illuminate the, the intent behind the sort of specialized wording that, that is wargaming, um, rule books. All right. Well, let's let's jump into our our main segment, and surely nothing could could go wrong with this. But uh, my suggestion was that we once again start off by talk, talking briefly about uh, Jedi Master Plo Koon. Oh, uh, we're starting with Plo. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I like how so, you <laughs> you specifies briefly. <laughs> well, okay. So you had, you had, uh, um, I've taken more time to take more time. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm curious to hear your further thoughts. So, um, trying to be you know, positive about, um, the game and, and everything, excuse me. Um, I wanted to, and I, and I, you know, I, I'd heard some, some different perspectives that, uh, I thought were valuable and, um, speaking with the um one of my regular opponents to um talking about the value of the expertise chart and trying to figure out how to um better evaluate characters and and see see what you can actually expect from them realistically um on on sort of any given moment um i noticed that he is kind of interestingly unique um now he's got some pretty good rules for the most part, and by that I mean he's got deflect and force push, and those are good. Those are solid rules. He's reasonably durable. Um, I wish he was more durable, but uh, um, he's got kind of a good tactic. He's got a little bit of a okay identity, but it's his stance cards, which, on the one hand, I loathe with the very fiber of my being. But on the other hand, um, I think offer a really interesting perspective into what you can expect from a character. So I looked at the first three um, parts of every character's um, stance card and every stance card that they have if they're a primary. And uh, I, I, because I reasonably, I think for most characters, you you can expect between one to three of their their chart beyond that it's it's sort of just where where your your dice fortunes lie and it's not common 
for a lot of characters, including primaries, to be able to do um, six damage within the first. Well, I guess let's say it's 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 less common, but even less common for a character like Jim or sorry Plo uh, to be able to do six damage within the first three stops. There's a couple of really strong characters like Anakin and um, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Mace Windu uh, that can you, they can do seven damage pretty quickly. They are very aggressive characters and the stances that you can achieve that on are very aggressive. But after that, uh, six is pretty good. And with Plo Koon, who's a very supportive type character, six is actually a little unexpected. Uh, and he can achieve that pretty easily uh, with with his expertise chart being very, very, very good, honestly. To get a critical to scale reasonably well with the number of um, expertise results uh, is is not as common as you would think. So if folks go through it, I think you might be surprised. Um, one crit for an expertise versus two crit for two expertise. Um, and doing some of the dice math, I he, he's regularly going to get three results uh, on his gem so side. So being able to count on doing kind of six damage if you need to do it, plus he's got a jump, he can recover. He does have access on fourth side, which also is not that uncommon for him to get to, to do the force push. Uh, like his gem so side is kind of impressive. It's kind of impressive, even though it should be an Ataru side and it should probably be even more impressive than it is. But uh, <laughs> the Sarisu side is, mm, it's interesting, less impressive, I think. Five dice, the expertise chart is sort of disappointing. You're probably not going to use Sarisu very often, or you're only going to use it against characters where you you know you can get get more mileage out of it. So a support character or maybe a specific secondary, um, definitely not for a primary use. And that was another thing is thinking about what stances go against what targets. I, I hadn't been thinking about that as much and thinking about it with Plo, I'm coming around to Plo a little bit more, even though I'm very upset that uh, they, they designed him in some of the ways they did, but uh, it did give me more, more to think about for the game at large and uh i definitely have been reevaluating a lot of characters as a result thanks to plo thanks to plo thanks to plo <laughs> um all right so i guess do we i i don't really have you don't have any thoughts on plo no <laughs> um you know i'm i'm excited for him to come out that'll sure. be cool yeah yeah i i i am too more so than i was uh, so there are some more characters that got teased. Do you want to start with our second Darth Vader or our first Luke Skywalker? Well, there's more to look at for Luke because um, we get a look at his stance cards. Well, then let's leave let's it start with you. Darth Vader then. All right. So Darth Vader, the Emperor's servant. I th- I do think it's interesting that he has uh, three force points. And seven squad points. Usually, if you have three force points, you're going to have eight squad points. Mm-hmm. Um, so then his abilities. First one, you don't know the power of the dark side. At the start of this unit's activation, it may remove two damage. 
or one condition from itself, then refresh one force. Kind of makes them like a four force yeah. uh, primary. It does. Um, there are some situations where it would just be better for him to be four force than to have this refresh, uh, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. If if you draw him... Uh, let's, let's say the... I mean, at the start of the game, if you draw him first, there's a decent chance you're going to sit him aside anyway. Yeah. So that's not as big of a deal. But let's say that you get through your Shatterpoint deck one time, and you shuffle your deck, you draw him as your first card, your four spools refreshed. There's a decent chance that you do want him at that point. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a little bit sad. Um, but it is obviously better than just having uh, three uh, three fours. So. It's true. And if you start thinking about who he might pair with, then well, maybe maybe it starts feeling even less restrictive. Like you could pair it with somebody that recovers force quickly or somebody that, uh, that just has a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. So next we have anger, hate, aggression. It costs one force. One character in this unit may dash. If it does, that character adds three dice to its next attack roll during this activation. If that attack roll contains one or more failure results, the this unit gains uh, exposed after the, the attack is resolved. Yeah. So I, I did have a, a question about this versus uh, the other Vader card. So in this one, the way I'm reading it is that he actually does need to move in order to get the three dice. Is that correct? Because um. it, So it says... One character in this unit may dash. If it does, the character adds three dice to the next attack roll. I think you might be right, yeah. And so it it raises the question for me, if Vader is him? pinned, is he going to get the dice? Because on the other the other Vader, the way I've been playing it, <laughs> is is that he uh, he does get the dice even if he's pinned. The way that the other Vader reads, uh, the Jedi Hunter... Mm-hmm. Uh, each character in this unit may advance during the next attack made by a character in this unit during this activation after all dice have been modified to add to damage to the damage pool. Yeah, I suspect so that one, that that he, one doesn't he, have anything conditional, obviously. Yeah, I, I think you might be right. Uh, I think he may have to actually do the dash in order to do the thing. Um, he does. It'll It'll be interesting to see what the official ruling is on that it will be it'll also be interesting to see what the stance cards look like too whether or not you actually want to add the three dice because the uh the condition for it is like it seemingly is just objectively worse (laughs) than than his other one um Mm -hmm. because you you go less far right and you get to roll three dice instead of just doing the automatic essentially two two damage. damage And, you and then, and you you possibly become exposed, and the 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 likelihood that you become exposed is pretty high. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It just it seems not as good. Yeah. But I don't know. His dance cards could absolutely change the name of the game. Yeah. 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 Um. 
I will say I am pretty surprised there's no like forced choke. Uh, but, um, so his his next ability, you are unwise to lower your defenses. It costs one force. When a character in this unit is targeted by a, a melee attack, this unit may use this ability after the attack is resolved. If the attack roll contained one or more failure results, the attacking unit suffers three damage. Yeah, it's like Obi-Wan Kenobi's super deflect. It's like the super uh, repost. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good. Three damage is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. It's like a, a third to half of a character's health points for the most part. Yeah. And, and it's just damage suffered, so you know, yeah. like protection protection doesn't help you. Right, right. Uh, next ability. Perhaps I can find new ways to motivate them. When a character in this unit wounds an enemy unit after the effect is resolved, another Galactic Empire character may dash. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's hard, hard to say. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to get jazzed on it a whole lot because it really depends on how much damage I can expect out of out of his. Yeah, yeah. Different stances. So. Sure. Finally, you cannot hide forever. At the end of this unit's activation, if no character in this unit wounded an enemy unit during the activation, and if this unit's order card is not in the order deck or in reserve, sorry, let me reread that. If Mm. at the end of this character's activation, if no character in this unit wounded an enemy unit during the activation, and if the unit's order card is not in the order deck or in reserve, shuffle this order card into your order deck. It's pretty interesting. I think this is whether or not it's good. I don't know, but I yeah, it's it seems like like it a lot. (laughs) It seems like the other the other things that when you're measuring him against the other Vader, it feels like. And again, as you said, we're we're not looking at a complete picture yet. But most of the other uh, versions of the other version of Vader, I like a little bit better. I would probably say, Um, but. I do this this is the ability that um in my opinion is likely the the main reason why you're you're even bringing him. Yeah, it might be or he could just like hit like a ton of bricks too. But uh I think it's really interesting and it it has a lot of implications that are fun to think about. Um I I I think it'll be maybe more challenging to use than not. But um some of the things i've i've thought about is that here's a i guess a couple thoughts uh first one is if he gets shuffled into your deck a few times that's going to delay you in refresh your force refreshed yeah um if he's coming up more frequently in your deck uh that potentially means that he is going to be getting wounded more quickly or has the opportunity to, to have that resolve more quickly. Potentially. Um, which means he could potentially be removed from the table more quickly than other characters. Or also he has quite a few, uh, activated and, and reactive abilities that as he starts gaining more wounds, they're, they're going to be more expensive, obviously. And so I think that's something that's interesting to think about with this ability as well. Yeah. I, on top of that though, um, he is refreshing every time he comes out, he, he 
is right. refreshing yes. one and healing two. So you can't just kind of do some damage into him because that's not going to do anything. And if you are having to put all of your damage into him, you're sort of you're being forced to maybe not put damage into the rest of um, your opponent's forces. And that's also kind of a win in a lot of ways. It's if he comes back, like, and if he hits very hard, like he could just be moving through your entire squad and just playing whack-a-mole every single time until he wounds somebody. And if you wanted to, if it, I mean, the, the best, the best imagined scenario I have, you know, sans the other problematic ones for him is he just sort of moves around he hits a guy, doesn't wound him, goes back in, moves down the line, hits the guy, doesn't wound him, goes around. Like he could also start possibly moving, removing people legitimately from the table as well, because he just gets to hit them over and over and over again. And if he's not the one doing the wounding, and his his friends behind him are the ones that get to do it, I I, I mean maybe it's a perfect scenario, and it, it, it's not going to be as likely, but I would do what I could to not make it a perfect scenario for Vader. Cause I do not want to have Vader be able to just whack a ball gleefully through my entire force. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very interesting ability. I, I think it's, it's one of the most um, interesting designs that I've, I've seen with this game so far. I better or worse. I like it. Um, so like we've said, there's, there's a lot to be determined with him. But what's your initial uh, takeaway? Um, I think, well, I think a lot of people are going to play him just because he's Vader. Sure, and yeah, he's, yeah. He'll, he'll be new. Um, I do think it's kind of cool that they're they're doing such an iconic character. Um, a repeat of him, especially since there were so many people who were upset over the way that he was previously available. Yeah, yeah um he's a little bit different um i'm sure people people will be be happy um yeah i right now i you know if i were to grade him just tentatively very very tentatively um i think he is he's sitting at around a a b plus b kind of like i'm i'm trying to be open to the possibility of things but uh i don't know um I think I think he's evocative. I, I'll definitely play him. I'll put him on the table, see how he goes. Um, I do want to try to experience the whack-a-mole scenario in my mind. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I think the stormtrooper sergeant that comes with him is, you know, adds some extra flair. So if the other stormtroopers kind of add a similar flair as well, it'll be it'll be exciting. Um, there's there's definitely some cool stuff coming and I'm we're only we're only just barely getting introduced to the Empire and the the Rebel Alliance um, designs. So I don't know. Do you are you more positive on him, Jay? Are you tentatively excited? Yeah, I think that's a, a fair analysis. Tentatively excited. Um, it does. um it feels a little bit like um, it's 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 a little bit hard for me to, to be super excited on him so far because there's 
there's already a lot of things that are already released that I want to get a bunch more uh, plays in with. Mm-hmm. But, but that's okay. So, but strong chance he doesn't come out until early to to mid January, if not later. So you've got time. Yeah. Um. But I guess we we'll get to revisit him at that point too, because we'll yes. know we'll know more of his uh, his kit. Well, let's let's go ahead and talk now about Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker. Jedi Knight, the first Jedi Knight. So he has three Force, seven Squad points, eleven just hit like, points, just like, his, like dad. his dad, his father before him. So. First ability is Return of the Jedi at the start of this unit's activation. One character in this unit may jump and then refresh one force point. Pretty good. That is. Yeah. Turns yeah. out a jump is, is way better than a dash. A jump is, is uh, I mean, almost better than an advance. I think I think a jump is the best. <laughs> um, well, at least once you're in the scrum of things, because it's very hard to get away from from some some situations unless yeah, you yeah. can jump and it's the fact that it's just sort of a free it's free i it's it's spicy yeah so uh next ability you can either profit by this or be destroyed one force choose an act- active objective within two each enemy character contesting that objective may dash then one character in this unit may dash towards that objective and it may make a five dice melee attack. Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting. I it's got a little bit of a it feels like some sort of combination of the Grand Inquisitor and Cad Bane. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I I am intrigued to see what it looks like he can do with a five dice attack. But um, with a five dice attack, like. I think he's probably, you know, it depends on what side he's on. Um, if he's on the Sarisu side, he's he's probably doing he's probably doing about three damage. I think. Yeah. Yeah, three. If you're lucky, f- five. If you're really lucky, more. But th- three to five damage for for him with a five dice attack, which is it's kind of like one Vader's, one to two damage for Patrick. Yeah, <laughs> one, one one to two damage for me. Um, or like it just hurts me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, my models implode, but uh, it, it sort of feels like the same sort of three damage you might get from Vader's like strong repost ability. All right. So next ability is deflect. If he's targeted by a range attack, if they have a failure, then the attacking unit suffers two damage. Good stuff. Uh, next one. I will not fight you. One force. When a character in this unit is targeted by a melee attack, this unit may use this ability. After the attack is resolved, if the character, if the attack roll contained one or more uh, failure results, one character in this unit may hill two and jump. It's interesting. It's it's interesting to me because it's got a bunch of different sort of <laughs> um, triggering times. So. Like you would you would do it when you're targeted and then yeah, it happens like when it a, resolves. Yeah, and yeah, I wonder if that if that gets in the way of other things that might happen, you know, like oh and this I can't you can't do them because this thing is still having to resolve, so it kind of takes up two spots. I wonder I wonder if it does. So next ability 
I am a Jedi, like my father before me. While this unit's worker card is in the order decker in reserve, it has immunity to exposed. While this unit's order card is not in the order deck, it has immunity pinned. It's pretty good. Immunity exposed is really good. Immunity exposed is really good. Immune to pin is really good, especially if he's going to be hopping around all over the place. Yeah. Um, so his stance cards um, on his form five gem. So he's got eight attack dice. He has five defense dice on both. Um, the 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 first two successes deal five damage. He has a reposition on his third. Um, do you have have any particular thoughts? Um, despite having more damage and more dice. His expertise chart is dramatically worse. And I think getting five damage out of the side is probably what is likely to happen. That's what I would expect to happen more more than anything. You might start seeing like the third and fourth, but if you get if you went all I would be very you'd be really fortunate to go all the way down or you just pick the right target um to go after. I think it does feel really sad to me that when he's attacking, his first two expertise don't have any crits. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a good sign for um, a long journey down the tree. The it it could be worse, but not by a whole lot. It's 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 not great. Yeah, I mean, it is. So then you look at his form three Sorisu, mm-hmm. and this one is seven dice. On his attack and six dice defense. Yeah. And I just honestly can't see many situations where I would not just stay on his form three Sarisu. Yeah, this is his stronger side. And despite rolling fewer dice, the expertise chart more than more than makes up for is it. It's way better. Like you get yeah. <laughs> you get two expertise and suddenly you have two crits. Uh, and his defensive form is also worth no- noting is much better yeah. as well. Um, also, you have more choices, whether you're wanting to heal, uh, yeah. pushes on it. It's, I, I really am not sure. I mean, I, I guess if I'm going against someone who has five hit points left. Yes. So I think you're using gems so, um, selectively and with the right target in mind, but, and, and I think the idea too is like, this is a strong side. Maybe, but like Luke Skywalker, at least sort of thematically, isn't as much like his dad. So, you know, Gemso being an, one of Anakin's prim, primary forms, like his very primary form, um, he's going to take after Obi-Wan a little bit more, whose primary form was Sirisu. Um, so, yeah, he's he's going to be crutching on Sirisu probably a lot, a lot more than than uh, Gemso. For sure. Yeah. Well, um, final thoughts on Luke? Uh, I actually like Luke a lot. Um, I I think his kit is really, really, it's really fun. It feels kind of fresh. It's very alive. Like, it, it just feels very, very active. So he's going to be, he's going to be a really kind of present persona on the table. And that's exciting. Uh, He's got a lot of stuff. He's got some stuff that's reactive. He's got some stuff that is proactive. He, he has got a lot of things in in his kit. Like he's almost like the the chosen one, <laughs> a 
almost like that because he's got control he has got uh defense he has got he's got a lot of things going in in his card and it's very very exciting um so i will definitely be playing luke jedi knight luke skywalker are you uh are you of the same mind yeah i'm i'm excited to um to see him on the table play him i do think it's interesting that it seems like they've their their first sort of timeline was um it felt like um it was Clone Wars, obviously, and yeah. it seems like they're they're uh, going with Return of the Jedi as their their next timeline. Yeah, they're picking the late part of a lot of the the series. So, like of the original trilogy, it's the end of the original trilogy for the Clone Wars. They're picking kind of mid to late Clone Wars before it shifts into uh, the the last part of the the movies and and moving forward. Um, I wonder if we'll, uh, if they'll just jump and it looks like they're right after this, they're going to just jump right into the Mandalorian, which is kind of far forward too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, let's, let's wrap up here and as always check out the Patreon and you can, um, get some, get to listen to the episodes a week early. Uh, you'll also get to listen to the bonus content. Uh, and as always check out discountgamesinc.com for your gaming needs and to have joy delivered to your doorstep from my company. So uh, stay tuned. I think Patrick and I are going to talk a little bit about prepping for an event that we're going to be playing in this weekend. So uh, that should be an interesting discussion. I think so. To be continued.